Philippines. Today we have Jeff Bond from Elevate, a global advisory firm based here in Hong Kong, with us to talk about sustainable supply chains. So welcome to the show, Jeff. Hi, Marcy. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for your time. This is a big topic. I know you're really busy and sustainable supply chains are definitely a hot topic right now. But I think you need to explain to us what a sustainable supply chain is and what Elevate does to help create those. Sure. I'll, I'll start with the what, what is Elevate part. Um, and I'll get in trouble if I don't mention that we are now our, our name is changing from Elevate to LRQA. Oh. Uh, we joined uh, a larger company called LRQA last year. And so while our core, our core mission doesn't change, we now have an even bigger and more impactful platform. Okay. Um, LRQA. And, yep. Let's... Four, four letters. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, Elevate is a, a sustainability company. We have a particular expertise in supply chains. Uh, and yeah, we, we help companies assess, manage, and improve their sustainability, and frequently, as in particular, in their in their supply chains, um, because historically, companies have focused more on what happens within their own operations, within their own four walls. But over the years, what's been accurately recognized is that a lot of the impact that companies have is not within their own operations, but through their suppliers, through the suppliers of those suppliers, and so on. Yeah, and that traceability has been really hard, except in the last 10, 15 years, maybe, you now have more tools to do that tracing. And maybe you could just talk about that. Sure. And, and traceability, that, that word traceability has a, a specific meaning in the world of supply chains and supply chain sustainability. So it, it's really the traceability is the ability to identify and track a, a specific product from, from either from raw material down to final disposal or from that final product back up to raw material. And when I mean specific product, I mean that you could get a something that has a, a serial code on it and could know that the the polyester that went into this shirt came from the went through these different locations on its way to being worn on me. Um, and sometimes that's mistaken for just knowing your supply chain, for being able to map it and know who are the immediate suppliers, who are their suppliers. And on on one hand, it can be it's conceptually very easy to map or trace products. Uh, you would just ask the supplier, where did this come from? Or who did you buy this from? In reality, it's much more complicated because of the, the large number of suppliers that a lot of companies have. They can have thousands, tens of thousands. <laughs> um, and also the fact that, that companies don't always want to share information with their, their buyers. And so there is a... Uh, it, it could be a, a bit of a, a battle to draw that information out of, of suppliers. And you, you mentioned that in the in recent years that technologies have improved to make that easier. And yes, it, it's true. There are a lot of tech products that have made it easier to gather that data, to analyze it, to draw upon uh, alternate or um, public sources of data. Um, however, I do think that there's 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 so much that companies can still do with just the basics, and a, a lot of it starts with the basics before getting to the 
the uh, the fancy tools. And, huh. and, and I say that while at the same time we we all, we have our own um, risk risk platform data for for data. Uh, so it's not that we are uh, luddites. Yeah. No. 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 I think it's a pretty complicated issue. Okay. So I think the best way to do this is to take an example, and um, you can pick it. I don't know. Coffee, auto part, whatever you want, and maybe walk through how you would go to find out what are the components that come in it and whether they're sustainable. Sure. Um, well, first, a company would they would probably start with mapping their supply chain with pulling on that, uh, drawing on that that list of suppliers they have, knowing what are they supplying, where are they. Um, and even with just some of those basic criteria initially, uh, a company can start to prioritize which segments of their suppliers have higher risk and what those risks might be. And you kind of and help so, them through that, right? So maybe they hand you their suppliers and then you start helping them figure that out? Exactly. And the, the sustainability risks that suppliers have are going to vary depending on the the product that they're making and uh, the geography where they are. And so you mentioned coffee, you mentioned um, automotive industry. <laughs> um, they're going to be at very different places. Exactly. And bring to mind very different, uh, perhaps very different ideas of risk and what they might be. Um and once once companies have mapped their supply chains and can prioritize how they are going to approach different segments of their their supply chain, then they can they can develop approaches to monitoring those segments, to engaging those suppliers, working with them to improve their their conditions. And over time, they can introduce more of those sophisticated elements like traceability technologies. Um, a, a mistake I often see companies make is they, they they start from zero and they jump straight to the really advanced, fancy technology, but they don't have the, the people and the ideas behind it to, to use it effectively. Oh, interesting. Okay, so so I hand you the supply chain and then I, presumably you've got your own database already of like these suppliers good and 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 you're looking at not only environmental factors maybe labor maybe tell me a little bit about the different factors now you have to look at sure so our uh, our data um, a lot of it comes from the 20 to 25,000 on the ground audits that we conduct every year around the world and so there's a lot of just direct data that's gathered from factories and agricultural facilities. And that feeds into our, um, our data system, as well as other publicly available information. Maybe it's NGO reports, maybe it's academic articles or government databases. And together, uh, using that, companies can look at different, um, different provinces or countries and different commodities to determine kind of what, what are the different risks? And they range from, it could be labor related, environmental, as you mentioned, which itself has such a range from uh, a lot of us, we, we, because of its importance, we're automatically thinking of emissions, but there are other environmental risks as well. Um, waste, water management, 
those are uh, biodiversity. Those are important factors. And it, it's part of the challenge as well that there is such a broad range of um, different issues to try to keep track of. Uh, and so having a, a data-driven approach can make it more can make it easier to 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 process and to to oh, uh, prevent summarize right by. yeah yeah mm -hmm. so and to figure out i guess it's purchasing managers to to educate them better right on what the other options are huh. absolutely mm -hmm. huh. and okay and so can you take one example you know and walk us through I don't know, just anything that I purchase, my vitamin water, I don't know, I don't know, would be, be an example, <laughs> my computer mouse, you know, <laughs> and just walk mm -hmm. through that, maybe a case that you've done 10 years ago or something like that. Sure. Let's, let's use perhaps your, your vitamin water, <laughs> uh, the, the company that produces that vitamin water, they probably do not do everything in-house in their company. They are likely, maybe they have a supplier for the bottle. Uh, maybe they have a supplier for the different raw ingredients. They could have, uh, and of course they have a, a source of water. And each of those core components is going to have, it's going to have its own risk profile. So the, the bottle, uh, a, a bottling plant, it might have labor issues. It certainly has an environmental impact through just the operations of the plant, either through the emissions or the, the waste, if they're not very efficient in producing those bottles. Uh, on the ingredients side, actually, I don't know what goes into vitamin water. <laughs> I don't uh, think I you want to know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I assume that it, uh, if, if you were to, to go upstream of those supply chains, uh, you're going to find um, some sort of agricultural activity. And that agricultural activity, in addition to having some of the, the labor risk, um, would have environmental risk associated with how farms are managing the, their, their sites. Um, and the way that a company might engage those suppliers could be very different. A, a very large bottler, um, they may not, they, they, on one hand, they should have more resources to be sophisticated with how they uh, manage their sustainability. But they also might have a little more uh, weight to push back against requests. Uh, whereas for a farm, especially if it's becoming a, a smaller, smallholder farmers, they may not have the same sophistication. They could be uh, really remote and hard to reach to know what the uh, to even monitor and see what their risks are. Um, and so, having different approaches for different segments of that supply chain would be uh, important just for having a something that, that fits well for the different types of companies that uh, a company might be buying from. Mm. Okay. So the big question is, how has doing this job changed the way you purchase things? Since you know, you kind of mm. know, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, the deep, dark secrets, everyone's deep, dark. <laughs> Do you do you think about it more when you purchase things now, or? I, I do. I I'm, I'm more conscious of it. I I guess first I I don't buy a lot of stuff, or I, I try not to. I think maybe that's the, the first <laughs> step we can all reduce. take to nice. re reduce our our impact. Yeah, that's the yeah reduce comes first. 
Um, and certainly people who have seen my, uh, the holes in my clothes will know that I, I reused <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, um, but something I suppose that I have uh, realized is that there, every, every company has issues. There is no perfectly clean supply chain out there. And some companies are afraid of um, perhaps recognizing that because it's easy to, to criticize the ones who are transparent about the issues they might be having. Um, but I'm, I'm, more, I'm more skeptical of companies that don't have anything to say about the, the challenges that they're having because it suggests that they're either, they're either not looking very hard or they're not telling us because it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of looking to find issues. And these are also a lot of the, the root causes of these problems are, are very, very complex issues that a single company might not be, it, it might not be realistic to expect them to solve it completely all on their own. It's going to take a, a very long, um, a long time and with a, a combination of, of companies and governments and civil society and, and consumers, it really it, it takes quite a collaborative effort to address a lot of the underlying issues. And what if you saw on a label something like sustainably sourced or, you know, sustainably produced? I don't know, something like that. What do, what yeah. do you think when you see that? It, it might depend on what the certification is. There is um, a, a, a range of kind of quality among those different certifications. Some of them are very well known and well respected and have very rigorous certification processes behind them. Um, others, not so much. And I think that people tend to just accept those labels or those certifications at face value. Um, some people who are more cynical might just dismiss all of them when, when a lot of them should not be dismissed. Uh, um, and finally, even the strongest certifications, they're not, they're not 100% foolproof. There will be times when there is an error or there is a supplier that um, is exposed for having issues despite having a certification. And it's very easy to jump on these certifications and claim that because of that, oh, it's all it's it's useless. But in in reality, it's it's more nuanced than that. And I uh, I try not to be too cynical about it. Oh, good. I, I think it's a good idea in your job to not be cynical, <laughs> since you're trying to make us all sustainably sourced. Well, it's exciting that LRQA is a global company that's actually based here in Hong Kong, and. Uh, that you're hiring people and doing all this from Hong Kong. So we're glad you're here. And if you have any further updates, we'd look forward to having you back on the show again. Absolutely. And yes, uh, Elevate was founded in, in Hong Kong. It's always been an a important part of the company's identity. As you said, it, Hong Kong is the global hub for supply chain. So it's the, it's the place to be for, for this type of work. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks so much for your time, Jeff. You can get back to advising companies then. You're busy. <laughs> Thank you, Marcy. <laughs> <laughs> 